something a little different today because I got a great email and it just got my wheel spinning. It got me thinking and I just, I want to put some pieces together and they're kind of floating around. And I think if I talk about them, it'll help me sort of, you know, find my way through it. So who knows if this will actually make it into an episode. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. But I got this awesome email from someone today and I will leave them anonymous, but I think they listen to this podcast. So hi, hi, brilliant anonymous person. I don't want to blow up your spot without your permission. But they said in this email, I asked the question when people join the Holisticism newsletter, what's the thing that you grapple with the most in the wellness space? What do you find difficult? <laughs> because I want to make it easier. And that's what our job at Holisticism is. And normally people say wellness is so expensive or I don't find people like me in the wellness space. And I love to hear those answers. Not, I don't love to hear those answers, but I feel grounded in those answers because I think that at Holisticism, we're making something for people who don't feel at home in the wellness space. <laughs> and who haven't traditionally been centered in the wellness space, but I digress. So in this email, I got a little different answer and I loved it. And I wrote back to her and this person said, you know, my problem with wellness is that I never feel like I'm enough. There's always the enoughness. (laughs) I'm not eating healthy enough. I'm not exercising enough. I'm not meditating enough. I'm not calm enough. I'm not taking enough CBD to make it work. I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not kind enough to myself. I'm not body positive enough. All the things, right? I was like, damn, dude, that slaps. (laughs) That hits home. And this author was very astute. And she said, you know, I think this probably pertains to in some way white supremacy and perfectionism as a tenet of white supremacy. And if you're not familiar with this ideology, just Google white supremacist culture at work and then maybe perfectionism. And it'll pop up with this article. I believe that it's on, I can't remember what platform it's on, showing up for racial justice, I think, Surge. But it's this great article and it's about how white supremacist culture shows up in our workspaces and as quote unquote professionalism. So one example is sense of urgency that things need to get done immediately. And this article is way more brilliant than I am. And it's honestly been a hot second since I've read it. So I don't want to butcher it, but going through it is so useful because you see so many things that you learned that were good, right? Quote unquote, good, good qualities, being a perfectionist, being an overachiever, having a sense of urgency as you work that actually are not good at all, that perpetuate white supremacy culture and oppression. And we've just been sort of like dropped into them and (laughs) raised up in them. And so I think that she's super on, definitely correct. And I think perfectionism is part of this. This question just made me think about the flip side of that, of the not enoughness, which I've definitely experienced. Raise your hand if you've ever been personally vilified by not being enough. And I also really, really experienced being too much. And I think that it's both and. As I wrote to her, I was like, yeah, I don't know how these things are connected, but I feel like that not enoughness is in some way connected to being too much. And now I see it as I'm saying it out loud. If you're not enough of one thing, that means you're too much of another thing, right? Like, oh, I'm not healthy enough, which means I'm too lazy. (laughs) I'm not exercising enough, which means I'm too much of a couch potato. (laughs) I've felt both of these things at the same time, which is the worst, right? I'm not enough of this and I'm too much of that. I'm not perfect, which is, that must be where the perfectionism thing comes in. 
But I feel this so much. My too muchness has been my shadow for so long. I'm too loud. I'm too short. My nose is too big. I'm too opinionated. Oh, now I'm too quiet. I'm too feminine. No, I'm too masculine. What does that even mean? There's not even a binary. I'm too driven. I'm too relaxed. I'm too self-conscious. I'm too prideful. I'm too successful. I'm too much. I'm too much of all the things. And either way, both ends point to not lovable. If I'm too much of this, then I'm not enough that. And that means I'm not lovable and I'm not worthy of what I want, of what I desire, of what my birthright is. And I'm kind of like putting these things together as I'm talking. So I apologize if it's a little slower than usual. Who knows if we'll make this an actual episode. But I just feel that so much. And again, the too much thing. But really, I see it. I see it so often with people that I work with, with even in my own team, right? Of like apologizing for being too much or apologizing for not being enough. And I see it with the clients that I work with and I see it with students and I see it with my friends of I'm not asking for help enough and then I'm asking for it too much. (laughs) And we got to stop, right? Like we got to stop worrying about being the perfect equilibrium balance because my friend Kara always says, equilibrium is death. (laughs) We are constantly in flux. Our bodies are constantly in flux. They are going from, you know, I don't know, alkalinity to basic. They're not like perfectly at homeostasis. Homeostasis is death. (laughs) We are constantly evolving and changing and moving. And we're oscillating between maybe the side of too much and maybe the side of not enough. And we're adding more ingredients into our batter or into our cake to make it taste the way that we want it to taste. And I don't know if we ever get to the perfect spot. In fact, I, I don't think that we do because as soon as we were like, oh yeah, this is great. This is perfect in one area of our life. Something else changes. And then our attention is drawn to that other space. And we don't live in silos. The aspects of our lives aren't like separate and different and they don't talk to each other. It's not like they're like their own little individual planets. Your life is an ecosystem. Your work, your relationships, your self-image, your worldview, (laughs) I don't know, your family, like all of these things are constantly impacting and connecting and affecting each other. They can't possibly exist separate. So this is all to say that I don't, I don't really have the answers, but I, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea because I think a lot of people grapple with it of like being too much or not being enough. And the problem with that of like not being enough, first off, the problem with not being enough is that we're always striving to be more. And there's, again, never a perfect place, right? There's never like a perfect place to rest or land. Because even if we like get there, we either move the finish line or we, we yeah, that's what it is, right? We move the finish line, we move the goalpost. Or we overshoot and we do too much. (laughs) And guess what? You're always going to be too much for someone and you're always going to be not enough for another person. That's it. Nothing about you can change. You can be the exact same person. And we can can ask homie number one and they're going to say, yep, you know, not enough blush, not enough blush on her cheeks. And then we can ask homie number two and they're going to be like, yo, the rouge is intense. 
can you tone it down? And guess what? They're both kind of right. They're both kind of wrong. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what they think. I know it feels like it and I know it does because obviously the way that people think about us impacts us. But what's most important, the thing that weighs the most on us, the thing that affects our energy the most is how we see ourselves, how we self-actualize, how we perceive ourselves in the world. So if you've got this on loop of like, I'm not enough, I'm not showing up enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not being enough, cut that shit out. You are, you're enough. You're enough in the right places. You might not be enough in every aspect of your life, but you're enough in the right places. And in the areas that you're too much, that's okay. You're too much for one person. That doesn't mean you're too much for everyone. And you're too much in the right places, in the places that make you you. Listen, I'm too hairy. My nose is too big. My teeth are too crooked. My melasma is too popping. My... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gentle enough. I'm not quiet enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not patient enough. That's for sure. And that makes me me. And instead of trying to fix relentlessly these areas of ourselves, what if we just embraced that as who we were? And like, You can ratchet up the patience when you need to, but you know what? I'm just not a patient enough person to wait in line at the DMV for three hours. And I know that about myself, so I'm just not going to do it. And guess what? I can book an appointment online. (laughs) And when I need to be patient, when I'm working with a kid or a student, or I'm working through my, something difficult with my partner, then I can choose to be more patient. Again, these things aren't fixed. I think that this has to do with the witch wound, right? This idea of not being enough and and being too much simultaneously. And the witch wound, it was created sort of like popularized by Kimberly Jones. And effectively, it's about what it is, is what it states, I should say, is that women have been passed down from generation to generation, generational trauma, of the witch hunts that happened all across the world. They, they happened in Europe, but they also happened in Africa. They happened, I believe, in Asia as well. Don't quote me on that. But if you want to learn more about the witch hunts, I so strongly recommend reading Sylvia Federici's book, Caliban and the Witch and Witches, Witch Hunting and Women, because both of them talk about the witch hunts and how they obviously oppressed women. I, I don't mean to laugh, because, it, but it's just like obvious how they oppressed women and marginalized women, and also how the witch hunts that happened in feudal Europe were directly tied to the organization and basically proliferation of capitalism after the primitive accumulation, and how our obsession with productivity and making quote unquote work valuable. So what capitalism is free markets, as opposed to feudal societies, which shared and had common space and common belongings and took care of each other in community, our obsession with the individual and like getting ahead actually caused women to be persecuted. And it also caused racism or was, didn't cause racism, but it was linked to when we first began to see racism and of course the proliferation of racism 
It happened across the world because of the transatlantic slave trade. So go read those books because I'm not an expert on that. And Sylvia Federici is, and she's fucking baller, amazing Italian socialist, like genius lady. And the witch wound going back is this idea that as women were persecuted, that trauma of seeing either other women get persecuted for speaking out and being themselves and having power, whether you think that witches are real and I believe they are, you know, women who had power, whether it was a supernatural power or power as in intuition and unknowing and a knowing of plants, a knowing of the body, an understanding of the natural world and how the laws of the natural world rule us and govern us and guide us. And because of capitalism, read Sylvia Federici's book, but because of capitalism, women were viewed as a threat. And the knowledge that they had and the role that they played in this world, in the old world, in the feudal world, was one of power. And they held power because women, guess what, are the ones who create the working class because they literally produce, they create labor. Like that's where the word labor comes from, right? They create more workers. They give birth to more workers. Women are necessary to creating a working class and having more workers who can buy into capitalism and perpetuate capitalism. But their only role in capitalism is to produce and to be labor or to either be working. And that wasn't the case before, right? We had so many other roles that couldn't be capitalized upon, that couldn't be labor as a form of work that you get paid in, you know, gold coins for, (laughs) child rearing, tending to the home, taking care of the sick and the elderly, helping with labor, understanding plants and how to grow things and how to keep the community together. Like these things couldn't be monetized at that point. Now we've figured out a way to monetize them because we have no other choice. But it all goes back to why women eventually became villainized because of this power that they held. And capitalism and men, patriarchy, needed women to fall in line in order for capitalism to work, right? Needed women to produce more people (laughs) and be okay with sending their kids or those people off to go work their entire lives away. And if they went fighting, then they were called a witch. If they had too much power, if they were out of the norm, if they were out of line, they got persecuted they got killed. They got punished. And we see that even today. And that's what the witch wound is, right? It's this deep knowing and understanding, whether it's epigenetic because it's been passed along from generation to generation, or it's something spiritual because it has to do with some past life shit. Who knows? But this knowing that if I shine, if I hold my power, if I speak my truth, if I stand up, if I am too much then I will be persecuted. Then I will be burned at the stake. Then I will get in trouble. Then I will be killed. Then I will be silenced. And this witch wound, this wound of being too much is one that we have to release and let go. Because honestly, like, what is our other choice? The only other choice is to not live fully. And to me, that's like, what's even the point of living? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not going to live fully. So I don't really have an answer to this. And, and I'm obviously really worked up about it. <laughs> but I think it's really telling that for so many of us, and maybe you're like, I don't know what you're talking about and that's okay. But maybe you are nodding your head along with this and you've had someone say you're too much, a parent, a teacher, a partner, a friend, right? Maybe you're the extra one and like you kind of wear it as a badge of honor, but you actually are super self-conscious about it. Or maybe it's your not enoughness. You're not enoughness. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough yet right? That was always my thing. I'm not, I'm not this yet. So I have to like work to get there. I have to, eventually I'll get to that point, but I'm not there yet. So when I'm there, when I'm thin enough, when I'm smart enough, when I'm tall enough, when I'm old enough, when I'm knowledgeable enough, then I'll do the thing. Then I'll go out and live my life. (laughs) Then I'll do the thing that I really want to do. But why wait? Like I, I get wanting to know things. I get needing to have like some knowledge and experience in order to do some of the things that you want to do, right? You can't just like go be a doctor because you decide to be a doctor. You got to go to medical school. You got to go learn. Like that's important. Please. It's very important. Don't get it twisted. But what are the things that don't require seven years of medical school that you've been waiting to be enough for that you've just been putting off? Maybe it's like happy, (laughs) I'll be happy when, when my skin is smoother, when the sun is is shinier, when my house is bigger, when I've got a nicer car, whatever, right? And that keeps us from being and doing. And then on the flip side of that, we've got the too much. We're like, you know, I'm just too loud. I'm too rough around the edges. I'm too disorganized. I'm too crazy. I'm too depressed. I'm too broken. Ooh, I I feel that one. I'm too broken to do this thing. Or I'm too messed up to be a leader. Or I'm too all over the place to be with like the person I want to be with. I couldn't, I don't want them to meet me now. I'm, I'm all over the place. And that keeps us from living our biggest lives too, right? <laughs> Just like being. Again, the being and the doing. So that's just food for thought. Where does the not enoughness show up in your life? And what's the flip side of that? What's the too muchness that you're making? And first off, is it true? Probably not. Probably not. And even if it were true, would it be okay? Could you survive? Would it be okay if you were still those things? Can you do what you want to do while still maybe not being like, you know, amazing at math. Can you still have a thriving, amazing business? For sure. Let me tell you, I'm BFA in dance. It's totally possible. Or could you be like a little bit still healing and also fall in love with someone who's amazing? Like, do you have to be this perfectly put together person in order to find your person? No, (laughs) you don't. It's possible to be both and. And I guess that's what this all comes down to is this binary of one or the other thing and trying to be in the middle by trying to find equilibrium. But the truth is we're not like the answer isn't equilibrium or homeostasis. Remember those, that's death. (laughs) We never have true homeostasis in the human body. When we do, it's it's because we're dead. Instead of being perfect in the center, 
we just demolish the center and we recognize it's both and. And suddenly that straight line becomes a circle. I can be both and. I can be both things at the same time. And it's okay. So anyways, that's my thoughts for today. <laughs> I have no idea. If we're, I'm going to have Wallace listen to this. And if she thinks I sound crazy, then we're not going to put it up. But I know it's like a bit different, but also kind of a little bit what we talk about holisticism with the political and the sociological and, you know, like, again, I'm not an expert on the primitive accumulation and the origins of capitalism. So, and the origins of misogyny and, and racism, but go read those books and go make the decision for yourself. If you think they're connected and go research on your own and, and decide, but maybe this is a jumping off point for you to go research more. And if you're someone who's magical and intuitive, and even if you don't think you're magical and intuitive, that's okay. But especially if you're someone who resonates with being magical and intuitive, this witch wound, thinking about this and recognizing this and deciding to let go of it, deciding to move on from it, deciding to heal it, I think can be really powerful because the witch wound shows up not just in our epigenetics or in our you know, spiritual past lives <laughs> or our Akashic records, it also shows up when we're young. If you were a highly intuitive kid, you got punished for being intuitive. Because when you're really intuitive as a, as a kid, you know things about people. You know the truth and you see the truth and you talk about it because you're a little kid and you don't have a filter. <laughs> and you learn that when you say the truth, when you say what you see, whether it's the truth of how a person is or how they act or the truth about ghosts in the attic or the truth about something else, maybe the state of your parents' relationship, you get in trouble because so many people are lying to themselves and they don't want to see the truth. Or so many people are trying to lie to others. And if you threaten to out them, even as a little kid, they're going to punish you. And if you think about how many people are living a lie, a lie of, you know, maybe not being in a happy, healthy relationship or a lie of not living on purpose or a lie about who they really are, you know, their identity, their sexuality, how they operate and move through the world, maybe their personality, maybe they, they show up as a kind and generous person, but really they're super rageful on the inside because they have all this trauma that's unresolved, who knows, whatever. But so many people are living lies, right? And walking around in the world and like, you know, pretending like everything's fine when internally it's like, you know, no, it's so not fine. So as a child or as an intuitive person, you might've learned when you were younger that when you call that out, when you call out the truth, when you use your intuition, when you say what you see, you get in trouble for it. People punish you for it. They tell you not to say that. That's rude. You're being too rude. You're being too loud. You're being too much. You're too difficult. You're not quiet enough. You're not patient enough. You're not kind enough. You're not sweet enough. You're not considerate enough. You're not nice enough. And then we start to make these connections with the things that are ours and also that are not ours, <laughs> the experiences that are ours that shaped us as kids, the things that maybe we've carried from generation to generation to generation. And then when we look at how that shows up in our lives today, all of a sudden we can see these patterns that we've maybe been perpetuating or that we've been hold these beliefs that we've been holding on to as a lifeboat because we learned that's what would keep us safe. And so like thank God we had them, but that really aren't doing us any favors or or really we don't need them anymore. So anyways, that's all to say that that if that resonates with you, I hope it does. And maybe just like check in with yourself. Where do I feel like I'm too much? Where do I feel like I'm not enough? And where did I learn that? Who taught me that? 
who told me that? And is it true? Do I want to believe them? Are they someone that I can believe? And regardless, do I still want to believe that? Do I still want to carry that with me? And maybe can I just be okay being both of those things, being too much here and not enough there and still exactly right, exactly me. Being a human is so difficult sometimes. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to go take a taste of my own medicine and journal about this, but it's just something I've been thinking about. And I'm just giving you a big hug if any of that resonated. And if it didn't, you, amazing. But if it did, yeah, also amazing. Maybe this connected some doubts for you. Or maybe you didn't. Maybe you're, you've known this forever and you're just way smarter than me. So thank you. Kudos to you. That's all I have for today. I hope that you have a beautiful day. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And if you like resonate with this, just shoot me a note. I'd love to hear from you because I don't know if I'm really like talking into the void here and just like projecting my own stuff onto and things that I've worked through onto, onto you. But if this is useful to talk about the mindset stuff, then then I'll talk a little bit more about it. I like to keep things as like, you know, helpful and useful. And I try to give you like a quick win and a quick takeaway that you can implement immediately after every podcast. And I don't know if there's anything here other than journaling. If you like this stuff, just let me know. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram at holisticism, or you can text me at our community line, which is in the show notes, or you can just, you can share this on Instagram too. We love that. We love when you share in your story. So tag us so we can share that with all the homies. Yeah. I'll see you on the internet. Okay. Bye. Bye.